You have arrived at your destination. Have you watched Raw in a while? Absolutely not, sir. Yeah. Uh, the best thing on Raw is the Hurt Business. They're like carrying that show. Yes. And they need to just like let them take like all the belts and be done with it. Yeah. It might be like the best talent like on their entire roster is in that group. Yeah. MVP yeah. at this point in his career is great because he can still work a decent match. Mm hmm. But they finally, he's calmed down enough that I think he can communicate with the people backstage what he thinks is a good idea. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think when he was younger, he was too fiery to do that without just getting in an argument. Yeah, probably. Um, that he, Everything I've ever heard about MVP, it sounds like that was kind of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but- and Sami Zayn's kind of the same way as what I hear too. He's he's kind of the guy that's like, and he's great. <laughs> yeah, and he and he he seems to have found his like niche of like being able to actually win a match now. So you know, because uh, he wasn't booked to win a match for like an entire four years, I think. Um, on well, the, the problem part. was like you know like when you're you know 195 pounds and you're a weird Canadian guy that's working baby face. You don't win matches in WWE, man. They, nope. they don't just, they just don't write a television show that way. That's not what they do. Yeah. You know, uh, but when you're a heel and you're that size, like, you know, that's how the Miz got over and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can be, you know, a lying chicken shit, you know, uh, yeah. Heel. I mean, it's true. But he was a heel for like, a year and a half before he got a win, too. So, you know. Well, I uh, mean, at half the time, he was also working in a tag, uh, you know, and you can't be that kind of heel and be in a faction. Yeah. And get yeah. wins. I mean, like, you know, this is, there is a mathematical spreadsheet that is in Vince McMahon's head, and it's like, uh, all right, so he's a chicken shit heel, 195 pounds. Okay, looking good for you, looking good for you. He's in a faction. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. there's a weird thing about like the appeal of like weird stuff that happens in wrestling that like when it comes from uh, a disembodied world of creative you have like a bad sense about it Uh, but it's when it's just people doing what they want to do you have a less bad sense about it and it's it's interesting so Uh, and I I feel like this is like stuff Sami Zayn's been wanting to do for a while and uh, you know, it's kind of like our truth. You know, if it was like, if our, if like, it's like our truth versus like Shelton Benjamin's like fat mama gimmick, which was awful. Um, yeah, like you know, like like why does that one seem like overtly terrible and kind of a little bit racist? Um, whereas our truth is like, oh, he's the clowny goofball and like ah, and dances around and raps. Like, why is that like acceptable? Because that's just our truth's personality and you can feel that and see that. And it's not just like, ah, you know, like it's not just creative being like, be a, be a rapper and dance and, and and be funny and and be a clown. Like it's just, that's just our truth's personality. It's the difference between our truth and the Funkasaurus. 
Exactly. It's a, it's exactly the difference. Um, you know, Tyrus yeah. didn't want to be the Funkasaurus. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's not what he wanted to do. Uh, nope. Honestly, he seems most happy working on Fox News nowadays. He does. He seems like he's having a good time. He's fine doing that. So. Every time I go to my mom's house, because she's constantly watching the news, I'm like, oh, hey, Tyrus. Yeah, what's up? There's Tyrus. There he is. He was a TNA for a little while, right? He was, and I think yeah. he still does some wrestling, but, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think he's he's doing the John, you know, Bradshaw Layfield thing of, you know, yeah. he invested what money he got pretty well, and he's doing fine. And Yeah, and he's just doing his thing. Yeah. Surprisingly knowledgeable about, like, yeah. stocks and bonds. Exactly. In a way that As... really weirds me out. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing about stocks and bonds, Haas, is that that's a real that's a real sandbox of a situation. I'd oh! Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a segue that was. It was amazing. Uh, but Video yes. version of this podcast is just my head exploding like that. <laughs> that guy from Scanners. <laughs> Zooming in, red shaking. <laughs> Um, so we're talking sandbox games because it's time for the Video Destruct podcast at the five minute mark. So, uh, that's not what we normally do. That's it's way quicker, actually. We're usually like seven, eight minutes in. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get to, to talking about sandbox games. Hosh, you wanted to talk a lot of sandbox games coming out. Uh, yeah, soon. I don't know if you've looked at the release <laughs> schedule, but whoo. It's a a lot of those. Um, And we wanted to talk about like some of the franchises that like are maybe kind of forgotten or we'd like to maybe see come back or just uh, ideas incorporated in certain ways. Yeah, like uh, there's a lot of sandbox games where like even if I really like them, I understand that like maybe there's not enough meat on the bones there or interest for you to bring it back. Uh, But there's a lot of uh, open world games that had like really cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're on what I consider to be like the third evolution of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Mm-hmm. And there are some ideas that they haven't ever used again since like the first game that I would yeah. like to see come back. Uh, and not necessarily into Assassin's Creed, but like make a game about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because we're getting, especially with, you know, the the continued improvement of VR and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of that like perusing history through the eyes of uh, you know someone that lived it kind of thing that I think would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll talk about a lot of that later. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into the news that has gone on. Uh, speaking of those <laughs> open world games, um, two of them very have been delayed uh, severely. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, well, and actually, like, there, it's actually three games. One is just yeah. uh, one that we're that, that I didn't write on the sheet. So, first mm-hmm. of all, let's start here. Uh, Cyberpunk has been delayed again. This delay is about three weeks. It's into like, yeah. was it December 11th now? I think is when it comes out, December 12th, yeah. something like that. Uh, pretty short delay. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes in stark contrast to the news that we had a couple of weeks ago that I believe we even mentioned on this podcast that the game had gone gold. Uh, right. Now is an education time uh, for everybody who's not familiar with a lot of these terms. Going gold means that a game is contentally complete and ready to be printed onto a disc. Mm-hmm. That is what gold means. That is right. the 1.0 version of a video game. Yes. Um, 
And now it seems like something happened. I'm assuming that this game failed what they call a TRC. Mm-hmm. Um, this is basically a certification for the game to be able to be released. Right. Um, and Or the game was so pitifully performant on one of the old consoles or something that it, especially where like Microsoft has a publish uh, well, a, a marketing deal with them for cyberpunk. Um, mm-hmm. There's a good chance that like maybe Microsoft stepped in and said, you know, you got to get this frame rate up or something. We don't know. So we're, right. we're all just speculating at this point. So basically the day one patch wasn't going to come until like day 20. So mm-hmm. they've now released, <laughs> changed the release dates. <laughs> Uh, but the interesting thing about this is if you are somebody who goes out and buys the disc-based version of Cyberpunk for either, either the PS4 or the Xbox One, you'll probably be able to figure out why the game got delayed. Yeah. Because you can choose to launch the game without taking the update. <laughs> so if you launch that base Xbox One version of Cyberpunk, go, holy shit! <laughs> That's maybe why. That might be why, because of all that. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's really a shame. Uh, you know, more reports coming out about crunch and stuff like that with these guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of the, you know, the complaints that you get around that uh, is just, you know, a lot of people that have been working really hard for this game. I mean, you know, I talked last time, we mentioned Cyberpunk, that like, I was excited when I saw the teaser video for this thing in 2013. Right. So it, it, some... It, piece of this team has been working on this game for over seven years yeah uh, i'm sure they're ready to just not be fucking working on this game anymore yeah uh, and, and it happens when you've been working on it for so long like like an executive is gonna come by and be like hey let's get this thing done and then bring in some manager that's just gonna be like all right let's you know hit these marks and get this thing over with get these bugs tested and get it out the door because Otherwise, we're not going to have a game. So, well, and there's uh, there's something I've had a lot of friends that have worked as testers uh, and producers and things like that uh, for video right. games, um, and there are uh, kinds of bugs and performance issues that are referred to as known shippable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the issue that you run into a lot of times is everyone's definition of what known shippable is is different. Uh, And once again, when you bring in marketing partners and things like that, what you view as a known shippable bug uh, in your game when final review comes around, that might not be a KS anymore. (laughs) That might (laughs) need to be something that needs to be remediated right fucking now. Uh, So, you know, uh, we don't know. Uh, I hope that game comes out fantastic. Uh, And I do think that with all the games that are now coming out in like mid to late December, there is a good chance that our game of the year awards might not hit until like mid January, because there's right. a hell of a lot of huge games that I'm going to have to chew through for us to know what uh, the video destruct game of the year for 2020 is. So. It's true. And we're coming up on that. Uh, yeah. Shocking, and the list enough. is looking a little thin right now because everything else comes out in like a week. And then, yeah, <laughs> I'll be in hell. <laughs> just playing as much as you can to get it done yeah, yeah. it'll be great it, it's gonna be yeah. cold apparently this winter's supposed to be uh cold and yeah. shitty so yeah, yeah. i so, plan on staying I, inside playing some video games 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually probably have like a top five of my own as well because I've actually played games this year. So I'm gonna actually have a top five to throw in there, or at least a few honorable mentions to just uh, hey stuff that Brandon played this year. So, <laughs> Always yeah. welcome because uh, you know it's it's not just it's not the Dave Rocky game yeah, of the year awards. You play more than I do. So I do. I do. Uh, it's hard to uh, not give you the the honor of the of the yearly awards, but uh, Cyberpunk delayed, uh, Far Cry Six also delayed. Yeah, that got pushed out of uh, this fiscal year, so that was going to be uh, in typical Far Cry fashion coming out. Uh, I think it was like March thirteenth, March fourteenth uh, of twenty twenty one. That got pushed out of that space as well as Rainbow Six Quarantine. Mm. Uh, that got yeah. pushed as well. This is the second time. Uh, that Rainbow Six Quarantine has been pushed out. And I don't know. I'm starting to feel like that game is pretty troubled. Yeah. Uh, either that or Rainbow Six Siege is still making so much money that they don't want to muddy the marketplace. Yeah, it's possible. Hard I, to say. I, I feel like it's in a good spot right now. They did just put out the Sam Fisher Siege pack, though, not too long ago. So maybe they want to let that run a little bit. Um I got I with my new video card. I now own every character from every season. Yeah. Of that. Uh, I guess I need to finally spend some time with Rainbow Six Siege because it seems like uh, silly to not do that. We definitely should. I bought uh, the version uh, a while ago. I bought the $120 version, $20 version where it had, you know... Um, most of the care, not most, most of the time. Yeah, you had like up through season three, season four, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I've got that version and I've got a computer that will run it and I've played a little bit of it. I need, we need to, we need to get with uh, Dave and like have some playthroughs of that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, You know, like let's start banging our head against that rock and like you and me get some, uh, get some footage this week of us just kind of dinking around and seeing if we can figure it out and then we'll start rolling in more people. Yeah, because I think yeah. if we just dumped ourselves into a match with our friends that actually know how to play the fucking game, I don't <laughs> think that would be a very good like experience for them or us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it could be good content though. <laughs> like, and, and here's the thing: we'll still be completely outmatched. <laughs> yes, once we roll them in. So I do think that maybe we should at least get the controls <laughs> down. Yeah, let's be competent at the very yes. least. Not to be good. Yeah, just let's just get ourselves to the point where we can accept input. Yes, from people exactly. who give us ideas. So agree. Um, so yeah, well, uh, look for that in the coming weeks. I uh, I've actually got that installed. So yeah, uh, I'm ready to I. fire off with that bad boy uh, whenever. Um, As do I. But yeah, so Rainbow Six Quarantine getting pushed out. I, I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it continues to be something that is baffling uh to me because that thing seemed like such a weird offering uh when announced and then Mm -hmm. they have consistently uh just went like uh we'll talk about this later uh it's like it's coming don't worry you'll be all right so you know it's like you're the parent and you found like a filthy porno mag in your kid's bedroom and you're like we need to talk about this later and then for like the next two weeks he's like i gotta go to soccer practice (laughs) (laughs) or or you are just like i don't really want to talk about that with him that's true that's why you continue to let it slide though because you're like i 
I don't think I want to talk about Rainbow Six Quarantine either. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it, and yeah. I don't want it to be that bad. So. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think. But uh, yeah, so I got good news. Yes, the good news. Uh, it was announced this week that Bug Snacks is free uh, on PlayStation Five if you have PS Plus. Now, there's only oh. the PS Five version. Are we talking about Bug Snacks? Talking about Bug Snacks. Uh, <laughs> if if you want to get weenie hands. Yes. Uh, you'll have to own a PlayStation 5, uh, 5 if you want to do that for free. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But sadly, uh, I did not pre-order a PS5, but fortunately, I've already bought Bug Snacks. Yeah. Uh, so I will have that on launch day on my PC. So there will see. be weenie hands yeah, there'll be on some this snacky, channel. There'll be snacky bugs on this channel for sure. So oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's they, always if you want to catch yourself a bunger, I, I will be able to do that for you. So there we go. Um, uh, Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part One. Yeah, I get, this is actually like a, a what you've been playing section, but I can go ahead. We can oh. break up the news here real quick, and I can just run through it. Oh, uh, oh yeah, if you want, we can we can talk about the other playing stuff or the other new stuff i guess this is the what, what what you've been playing stuff yeah I, I i put this in the list in the wrong spot just because i want to make sure that we yeah, didn't sure. forget about it i played and beat all that we'll talk about it in a minute um so all right uh animal crossing for the switch uh, that switch console remember a couple weeks ago i bought my wife one of those yeah mm -hmm. uh, we finally that. migrated that thing yeah uh -huh. i have really fucking bad news yeah so, uh, I had heard something back around the launch of Animal Crossing uh, that that game, your save couldn't live on multiple consoles. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's fine. I mean, right. it doesn't make a lot of sense considering that system has cloud saves and everything. But you know what? Whatever. Sure. Uh, well, I also discovered uh, that, much to the dismay of my wife, um, that once you migrate that, your old Switch eats that save. Yeah. So my wife lost like a hundred and something hours of Animal Crossing. What, like, why does the old one eat it like that? that... Because those saves don't transfer. And it doesn't <laughs> get to still live on that system, so it just eats it. Yeah. That's a shame. That's, that, that's kind of crazy. That is, is that a bug, or is that just how it's designed? That is just how it is designed. Mm, okay. That is the single most fucked up thing uh, that I've heard out, heard about in video games this year. It like my wife was so depressed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know she she's back. She she almost caught up to me again. She's been just burning <laughs> through this stuff because uh, at this point she just knows how to do everything. Right, yeah. She knows yeah, exactly all the parts she's going to need and everything. And we've been hitting up that turnip market uh, big time. Right. Shit, that reminds me. I didn't buy turnips today. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but I get my turnips. Well, it's key to that experience. Uh, if you want right. to be able to burn through that thing, you, you're going to need some money. Um, right. But yeah, so we, we did all that. Uh, and, you know, I she loves her new system. It's so cute and everything. But... Uh, I think that's a really fucked up thing. And the fact that it's been like seven months since launch and they still haven't fixed that. Yeah. Like I had, I saw something about the save transfer thing that was from April. And it yeah. said, don't worry, it'll be fixed this summer. 
So yeah, naturally, I just thought, okay, it's fixed. Right. It was but not fixed. Clearly is not fixed at all. <laughs> so now my wife has a beautiful new Switch and none of her shit. Uh, but uh, I guess we can just leave that at that. That was incredibly frustrating, just to say the yeah. least. Um, the other uh, news about this week is that Watch Dogs Legions mm-hmm. uh, came out this week. An open world game from Ubisoft. Uh, yes. Stop if you've heard this before. Um, yeah. What they make. That's um, what they make. They're very good at it. (laughs) So this is one of the first big... Actually, this is the first Ubisoft game, period, uh, that supports ray tracing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a big flagship game for the NVIDIA RTX cards, and they're giving it away with them and stuff like that. That thing is just a resource fucking hog. That thing will eat your goddamn PC. Right. Um, It is brutal. And it's even brutal on the old consoles. Xbox One X's are overheating uh, because of that game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, like straight up overheating and shutting down. Uh, so, yeah, that, that new Watch Dogs is quite a bit of a hog, even though, like, I think it looks fine. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's also, it's London, and I think there's nothing less interesting to me than the architecture of London. <laughs> That's uh pretty precise. <laughs> I don't like it. I, yeah. it's fine. I understand it's that old will... and that's the way that it needs to look. Uh, yeah. But I just find it. It's like, Oh, here's another cobblestone street that kind of like this one kind of like it turns just a little bit. Uh, he's fine on the cobbles, Michael. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here's another indecipherable pub. You know, like, no charm at all to any of that. eh? There's a few, you know, yeah, like I'm not fucking like some kind of asshole, like Big Ben's cool. And I think they're the London Eye thing is cool. But it's like, that's like a few bits, like the average street in London. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like when you show a game that's like uh, it was my issue with like the division, the first one. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, here's I don't know. It's just another New York City street. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like any other of the New York City streets here. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know, like yeah. dense urban environments. They kind of look the same, dude. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's 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 what's why uh, I don't think that like Grand Theft Auto 4's Liberty City is that that interesting. It's like, yeah, the parts where they're simulating like Times Square is pretty cool. And the parts where you're simulating like uh, uh, Central Park and stuff like that is cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But like the average parts of it are just like, I don't know, it's just buildings. Um, But why uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 is so interesting because I think the architecture of LA is weird. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, it's all that like post uh victorian uh <laughs> you know like bootstrap western america design bullshit mixed with like ultra ultra high end so it's cool it's very diverse um, right whereas like everything else is like well we needed to put a lot of people in here yeah <laughs> so we figured out how to put a lot of people in here uh exactly. so yeah uh but yeah like so i don't know i i I have a copy of Watch Dogs I'm supposed to get when my 3080 shows up, and Lord knows when the fuck that's going to be. Um, right. But yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much the news. That's all the news we got. Uh, let's talk about 
What you been playing, Haas? What have you been playing? I played through Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods, Part 1. Yes. So... Sounds like a book title, but... (laughs) Yes, or like a heavy metal album. Yes, that too. (laughs) Definitely a heavy metal album. Yeah, this is is your new Dream Theater album. Um, But yeah, I... uh, So I spent a good six hours Mm -hmm. uh, playing through that DLC. Um, I I started it on Nightmare and was not able to finish it on Nightmare. I had to change it to, I believe it was Hurt Me Plenty. Uh, (laughs) Just a little bit of pain. (laughs) Yes. uh, I, I wanted you to bring the pain, but please God, not that much. Um, uh, just for people who are familiar with uh, Doom Eternal, um, this game starts getting wild. In the first 15 minutes, they throw Marauder at you, yeah. uh, which is the notoriously difficult uh, uh, man with axe who also has dog um, yeah. from Doom Eternal that like, you know, the first time you fight him, like, oh, man, that was a pretty good fight. And then they're like, oh, here's six of them. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Jesus. Um, well, and the thing about him is that like and it's all about balance, especially when you're fighting multiples of him because like the the only way that you can damage him is his eyes will flash green. So it's it's sort of like a fighting game in that way. Uh right. his eyes will flash green uh mm-hmm. and you shoot him in the face. Gotcha. Uh his dog you can damage anytime. Uh but but the dog can get respawned as many times he do- as he wants to. Uh, right. You know, there's not really, there's never seemed to be any kind of cooldown on those because, God damn it, I feel like he can just whip them out whenever he wants it. Um, <laughs> He's whipping dogs out like, yeah, like playing cards constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, uh, the experience was very good. It is, if you think that this is something where you barely beat the first, well, the main Doom Eternal campaign on the easiest difficulty that you can just hop into this and go have a good time. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. And, <laughs> and I say that not to be like an exclusive exclusionist or whatever. I say mm-hmm. that so that you don't waste your fucking money. You won't have right. a good time. It's not going to be fun for you. Right. Um, uh, if you remember um, back in the doom one, doom two days, the expansion packs that they made for that, like thy flesh, uh, flesh consumed, um, the right. really, really hard expansion packs for Doom that were made only for like the the Doom purists. That's what this is like. Yeah. Um, if you want to go experience some Doom Eternal, it's on Game Pass now, and it's uh, for Xbox, and it comes on PC in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you never finished Doom Eternal, just go back and play more of that. Um, but you need to you need to be up on your chops uh, before you yeah. d- uh, jump into this one. The story's cool. Uh, the implications of where this is going to go for part two, uh, which will yeah. end the eternal storyline and mm-hmm. set us up for what I assume is the next doom. Um, yeah. I think the story stuff is rad. The implications for uh, uh, the doom slayer and uh, Dr. Samuel Hayden and you know, all, all that cool <laughs> shit is fucking rad, man. Like I'm, I'm excited. I, I love a good continuous narrative, man. That's a good time. So, you know, it's fun to find those and, and suss them out in, in video games. So, and Doom's never really had a story apart from the uh, hell took over Mars and they killed your dog, your hamster. What was it? 
They, they killed your pet I, hamster. I, I, all I know ah. is that in the comic book, he said rip and tear. Yeah. So, yep. And, uh, that's all I, I, really I do like. love, genuinely love the storyline. Uh, and not even ironically, I just love the storyline uh, in the new Doom series. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's fantastic. I especially like, I, and I've mocked games in the past that like you'd go into, you know, when Destiny had all that lore that was in their little things, like I actually go and I read every item description in this game every time. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. they're A, interesting. And then as you go on later, they're funny. Yeah. Uh, they, and they do that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sometimes it has to strike the right note, you know, it's got a like Bioshock. Bioshock, the first Bioshock's got good story. Sucks you in really good. And there's ones that just feel kind of pretentious and boring and not really that. Yeah, like the second one. Yeah, like the second one. Ah, there you go. <laughs> ah, got him. Boom. Uh, got him. Uh, but yeah, what else have you played? I uh, I played more Phasmophobia. That sucked. Um, and I... Uh, I want you to tell me about that game. So, like, I am fans of the show. The videos are up on net, uh, Netflix, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you can go and check that out. Mm-hmm. I watched him. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea what you're doing. Um, you're investigating a ghost, a haunting, and trying not to get killed by the ghost while also trying to antagonize the ghost. So... I have a problem with the fact that, like, I have used a flashlight before. Yes flashlights illuminate rooms yes that doesn't to, to be fair mine was not the flashlight because eric always takes the only flashlight i had the uv light so uh, it did not it does not light up the room as much as uh as the flashlight does um uh yeah um no you're supposed to do stuff and like investigate and i guess say the ghost's name which is funny because the ghost's name is always randomly generated and our ghost's name was thomas thomas and i thought that was kind of funny uh (laughs) i i enjoyed that pretty thoroughly um but you know it's like I, i don't know man like people seem to really enjoy this game i don't but i i don't know what they what they're doing, what they enjoy about it. I they're guess it's streaming to their Twitch audiences. I, no, I, I think it is scary for some people. And I think that really is what like entices them to play. I don't think the game is scary at all. I think it's like, there's nothing about it that sucks me in. It's a little creepy when the ghost whispers in your ear, but that's about it. Um, there's better games that do that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just nothing about this game scares me. It's like the Soma. This looks is not. awful. <laughs> it looks terrible. And again, it's one dude. It's pre pre alpha. I understand that, but I have to judge it on the merit of what's there. He's charging I, you money. Yeah. Cause he's charging money to, to have it. So sorry. Wait until the game is done. Don't buy this game. It sucks. It's not good. It might be good later, but right now it's esoteric on what you do. It's faulty. The effects and graphics are not good. um, And that affects the scariness. Like if something doesn't, if something just kind of pops into frame, like it just loaded, like it looks funny. It doesn't look scary. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like 
It's not like, ooh, the ghost appeared. No, the thing clipped through the wall like a bad game would. That's what happened. You know, it's like it's not like Fatal Frame, you know, like Fatal Frame doesn't have like the best of graphics, but you still can understand the idea that like that's a ghost that I just took a picture of and it's floating towards me and it's scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just like it just it, it baffles me why people think that this is, you know, at, at all good. It's not good. It's just streamer bait. That's all it is. That's, I ranted about this last week. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> well, I know, but like, I, I you finally your had... Phasmophobia videos if you like Phasmophobia. Well, I, I, I brought it up just because I watched all the content. Yeah. Because yeah. I was still baffled after you described what it was to me about, well, what the fuck it was. And then yeah. when I looked at it and I still don't understand yeah. what the fuck it is. Yeah. It, it just... It's streamer bait. I don't know. What it looks like boring and shit. To me, yeah, is. yeah, it's, it's it's all of those things. Um, if you're scared by it, I'm sure you can have a good time with it. I, you know, there there's there's some things that I can understand people would be scared by. Maybe if you got a VR, that might be better. You I've know? got one. Yeah, maybe maybe the VR version's better. Maybe that insources you to what's going on a little bit better, and it makes you feel like you're really in a haunted house. Well, next that time might... you come over, we'll uh, we'll log you into my Steam. Yeah. And we'll play it with my Oculus Quest. Cool. Let's do that. <laughs> I think that would be a fun video again. It might be a fun video, yeah. So, uh, or maybe it wouldn't because maybe it still won't scare maybe me. Maybe it'll suck know. because we have to play Phasmophobia. That might be what it is. Who knows? Uh, so that's what I played. <laughs> Yay! I didn't really play much of anything else. Uh, I I don't have much to say yet uh, mm-hmm. because I haven't gotten far enough in it. Uh, but I started playing Hades. Oh yeah, cool. That, so, that that looks like a great game. I need to I need to download that as well. That's uh that's a cool looking game. Yeah. Isometric. That's an isometric uh, slasher kind of game. Yeah, like I would right. describe it as like a um Diablo, but with a really deep story and party and character building stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I I knew I had to play it before the end of the year because I know that this thing will uh, end up on our game of the year list. Like every yeah. single person I know that has <laughs> touched it just freaks out about it. And yeah. like I just happened to glance at the Steam page right now and it has over 50,000 overwhelmingly yeah. positive reviews. Yeah, yeah, it, it's... Like, it's pretty much loved by everybody that's touched it so far. So, well, and get this like, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is only mostly positive with 104,000 reviews. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So, pretty impressive, honestly. Because it's a pretty small percentage of the people who actually buy your product that review it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, is that all that we've played? I think Are we so. good? All right. Well, I guess we're going into the topic of the day, which is open world games. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like a pretty, pretty on the nose topic. I just yeah. You know, there's a whole shitload of them getting ready to come out. I've played a whole shitload of them lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it this generation was kind of defined by the open world game, right? Uh, whether and there's a lot of different interpretations. Of the open world game, everything from like the uh, game as a service model of something like Destiny, 
uh, or the division. Right. Uh, and then you've got your more traditional fare like GTA five and uh, watch dogs. And mm -hmm. uh, then you've got your, uh, you know, open world combat sandbox kind of things like yeah. Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. So yeah. um I, I never really hear you talk too much about open world. Like, if you were to, like, pick a few open world games that you think are standouts that that you'd describe as, like, the best the genre has to offer, like, where are you at? Uh, let's see. I would go probably with uh, Arkham City. That was a lot of fun. Um, it, it sort of ran its course uh, in that game. And also, upon replay... Arkham Asylum is actually the best of those games. So it's like like having an isolated uh, Batman inside a, an area is actually much more interesting than having the open world. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I think Arkham City was probably the best of them um, when it comes my, to the open world aspect of it. My favorite part about Arkham City is just the mental gymnastics that you have to do to say like, OK, so we put a wall down the middle of the town. I That's my favorite part. Yeah, basically. And and just just the idea of like, you know, like we, we went over this, like just the the each each group of minions talking in a way that they're in, you know, the, they're under the Joker's things. So, uh, so they talk about Joker stuff. That's all they do. Constantly. Like, That's all they talk about is where's the Joker? What's the Joker doing? And have you seen that Holly girl? Yeah, is it exactly. <laughs> all they do. Uh, if they're a two-faced minion, all they do is talk about two-face and what two-face does. Oh, and they occasionally can... the penguin. The two-face guy's like, I don't really like that penguin. I don't think we should trust him. Exactly. Uh, but it was, it, it did envelop you to, into the idea of being Batman, which was a lot of fun scaling buildings and stuff and getting the upgrades and, you know, being able to traverse um, in in cool ways was a lot of fun. Um, you know what I actually ended up discovering about like Arkham City later that like I truly yeah. appreciate now? Yeah. Is the fact that, you know why they needed all that talking constantly? Yeah. Because there was no cars. Yeah. There's no yeah, city had, sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, yeah, exactly. You had to, you, you didn't have a car and you had to traverse like literally. Well, uh, and, like most of the, the sounds that you hear in like a game like uh, Grand Theft Auto is random people on the street talking and, mm -hmm. and you know, to, to give you an illusion, if not like the soundscape would just be wind of. Yeah, exactly. And then. Um, <laughs> it didn't do anything revolutionary for open worldness no. other than you, other than you get to be Batman in an open world which is kind of cool but you know it ran, random missions that you can stumble upon which was kind of cool and but you know Grand Theft Auto had that Grand Theft Auto 3 had that so Grand Theft Auto 1 had that I think uh, so you know uh not really revolutionary for sandbox games um one that was a little bit i i would say a little bit more revolutionary was sunset overdrive uh that was uh yeah. i, I like that i like that game it was colorful and and weird and kooky and great weapons and great weapons and you just you you you, you parkour on lines and stuff and you know remember that one cool scene in in final fantasy 10 where, where they where they zip line a bunch of uh, across a bunch of cables. It's it's that it's that whole game. Except so. you can play it. Yeah, except you actually play through it, and <laughs> like, um, not just in a trailer or on the cinematic. Uh, well, and to me, that, like I, you know, I think they they tried to play into this for the marketing. I don't necessarily know that it worked, but right. for me, it really was kind of like a Tony Hawk or Jet Set Radio combat game. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, which was, yeah, totally, it, totally new for that idea. Well, it was definitely needed at that time. I mean, like, you know, just, you know, that was in the days where every game starred a grim, bald man with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, it was it was all that every time. Um, and it, it was a splash of color for that for that uh, genre as well. It was it was about that time that around that time that uh, um, Splatoon came out too, right? It was around that that era. Yeah, right? maybe like a yeah, maybe a year early, yeah. but yeah, right around there. Right around there. It's just that, that a colorful tinge of things because there was a lot of brown and grays prior to that. The, so. the backlash to the grayification of video games was very strong in those days. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the days of the early days of the Switch and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, yeah, the, the, only one, the only other one that comes to mind, um, honestly, is Dragon's Dogma. Um, okay. That, that was an interesting game because you had like kind of um, when you fought a dragon, you know, it wasn't just like swing your sword at like the feet or whatever. You actually could climb it like a like a colossus in like Shadow of the Colossus. And that was a lot of fun. I thought that was cool. Um, there was you know. another really cool mechanic in that game as well. Yeah. Um, the pawn system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, really liked that. So uh, for those of you not familiar with that system uh, in Dragon's Dogma. So like, say me and Brandon are both playing that game. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I quit out of the game. I, you know, I'm, I, I saved my character or whatever. Uh, yeah. Those characters are uploaded to the server. And if we're friends, you can download my character and yeah. you can have them be your co-op partner. It's NPC controlled and everything. But you can grab a bunch of other people's what they call pawns and take them into combat and earn a bunch of XP with me. And then I can do yeah. the same for you. Um, yeah. it's It was a great mechanic that the game didn't have online co-op, but it mm -hmm. gave you the ability to play with your friend's characters, see the cool builds that they have, all that kind of stuff that you want to do in a game mm -hmm. like Skyrim that you can't do. Yeah. Like, what if instead of the shitty like NPC characters that you have in Skyrim, I could just <laughs> grab your character? Right. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really cool. Like I, too many of the other pieces of Dragon's Dogma got in the way of me truly enjoying that game, but mm -hmm. I absolutely think that that game had a couple of systems working for it. And that pawn system is one of them. Yeah. Uh, and also the, uh, you're right with the multi-tier facet, like, you know, climbing a guy to stab him in the arm and stuff like that, uh, yeah. was really cool. And the, the fact that you could do it in this you could kind of overwhelm these beasts by like, there's fucking five of us. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty rad. Uh, but yeah, those are the ones that kind of stand out to me in a few ways. Um, I, I'm sure there, uh, there's a few more that stand out to me as well, but you have them on your list as well. So I wouldn't mind uh, talking about those. Cool. Um, well. The first one that jumps out to me mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to open world games is Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. That this seems is to be a, your go-to. <laughs> this is well. I think it's probably my favorite open-world game ever. Yes, um, it's a mainstay of this channel. Uh, I've played it on multiple of our twenty-four-hour live streams. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, I play this game differently than just about anybody I've ever met. Yep, uh, I play it like <laughs> a fucking madman. Uh, but I mean, if you can hang out of your car as it's driving, and like, why wouldn't you? That's what I would ask. So, well, and 
the the thing that really like when I first started playing Sleeping Dogs, I found out. Uh, you know, one of the first mechanics it teaches you is that you can actually open your corridor, uh, car door while you're driving, and that gets you in like what effectively is like a stunt position to hop to another car. Um, yeah. Well, I figured out that if you are driving down the road and you are hanging out your window and you hit a bad guy that's that you're trying to chase down the street with your car door, it yeah. won't kill him. Right. Which is great. Yeah, because right. there's some situation. There's a lot of situations in that game where you need to not kill someone, right? Uh, but you need to stop them so that you can interrogate them. So I started doing that, and then I also <laughs> found out that uh, if you hold down the emergency brake button while you're driving, yeah, in that game, it basically just starts driving like a go kart, but it doesn't seem to affect the speed at all. <laughs> Maybe that's a bug, but who cares? So it's yep. just you end up with this situation where I am. Driving down the street, flying, weaving in and out of traffic psychotically because this thing has such a tight turning radius now. With the door open, hitting people with my car door. And that's only like a tenth of the gameplay in that game. Right. Uh, the game's really cool. It, it takes place in China. Uh, you know, it's like all the uh, uh, radio stations are in Chinese. Uh, right. which is cool. So you get like, just like a, I, I feel immediately as soon as I turn that thing on that, like I am immersed, uh, mm. in this Hong Kong environment. Um, yeah, the, I think it does immersion really well. I think for a game that came out in 2011, it still looks incredibly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like shockingly, uh, good looking for a game of its age. Um, right. I thought it did like neon glow and all that kind of stuff. Great. But as far as like stuff that like other games didn't do that it could bring forward, it has the best hand to hand combat in video games. Interesting. Nice. Uh, better than Batman. Better than any of those. Nice. It's just better. Yeah. Uh, nothing fights like this. So like in, in a full playthrough of that game, you might fire 10 bullets. So it is right. not a shooty shooty game. Right. Um, this game is about Kung Fu and yeah. it does it really well. And, you know, it gives you that ability to fight 10 guys like Bruce Lee and blocking incoming attacks and all that kind of stuff. It's similar to Batman in structure, but Batman is very sloppy and sloppy in a way that it makes it easy uh, for people to pick up and play. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's very much an homage to like the Kung Fu movies and stuff. There's even uh there's even Bruce Lee style clothes you can get, obviously. So yeah, you can get his yellow and black suit from God. What yeah. movie was that? Uh, one of the dragon ones. I can't remember which one that was actually. Uh, yeah, was that yeah. Last Dragon? I I still remember it more. I, I remember it mostly as the bride outfit now more so than Bruce yeah. Lee. <laughs> You're not but yeah, yeah. But it's it's very much like a like those old kung fu Bruce Lee movies. The you know the. The, the five deadly venoms enter the dragon stuff like that. Five deadly venoms isn't Bruce Lee, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, Chinese Very connection. Cool. Yeah, Chinese connection stuff like that. Very cool. Jackie Chan style fights and yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, I think you know I, I've said this probably a hundred times on this channel. If uh, yeah, if you want to go see what I talk about when I talk about fight uh, like tight fight mechanics mm -hmm. uh, for group combat, go play yourself. Yeah. Uh, some sleepy yeah. dogs. It's it's definitely worth your time. Yeah, they have that great. Uh, one of my favorite is they they have that great like grab them by the the scruff of their shirt and drag them around to kind of like 
shove their head out. into the blade of an air conditioner and shit. Yeah, yeah, and like block other guys from getting it. You can shove them around in case you're like surrounded by a bunch of dudes. You can get some distance by doing that. Like that's a classic Jackie Chan move. They'll grab by the scruff and shove a bunch of dudes. Like it's good stuff. Good, yeah. good stuff. And uh, it it was in that age where everything was about collision into characters. So you mm. can push a guy into a group and then like guys fall over like bowling pins. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it, and it's it it pushing guys into guys and having a group go back is really nice. But having them all like trip and fall over into each other procedurally <laughs> like that. I saw yeah. it so cool. It's just yeah. like, man, I am fucking badass, dude. <laughs> We've never done a let's play of Sleeping Dogs. We should do that. <laughs> I've actually considered just playing through all of it for the channel. Yeah. And just, yeah. okay. Here's 20. So that there's when I'm dead. <laughs> when I'm five dead. years from now, when I'm dead. Right. People can, can go back and just see the record of what my life was like. That's uh, dark. <laughs> oh, fuck it. You know, like, it's 2020, man. We're all going to die. We're going to die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, in conclusion, I think Sleeping Dogs is uh, one of the most overlooked uh, open world games and there are even more systems that i could talk about with that like it does uh pursuit stuff way better uh than yeah. other games like the opening mission of that game is a pursuit mission where okay. you are running and so you're running through like uh uh I, I guess the chinese equivalent of like a shop like a series of favelas you're running through people's houses and shops and you know fish shops and all these things and you're like sliding your ass over the table and you know like fish are shooting everywhere and you know jumping yeah. over things to collide and then the roof breaks and you fall down it does all that like action scene sprinting stuff like better than any other game too yeah it's, it just there's so many things that you're like this was so high quality and nobody <laughs> played it right. uh but yeah, yeah. And, and trust me it holds up i played the game six months ago and yeah. it's uh it still totally holds up and i i guess i've talked myself into playing it again and this time i'll probably just go ahead and record it so nice. now i just need like a 10 terabyte hard drive to hold all that damn data uh, <laughs> but all uh data. Oh, this data. Um, but yeah, so that's Sleeping Dogs. Uh, the second one I would talk about is like uh, the first Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I've talked a little bit of guff about the first Assassin's Creed because I don't think that it's a very good game. Um, it's the only one that I enjoyed. <laughs> well, and and the parts of it that I like, are, I think, are going to be the parts that you like. Uh, yeah. The first game did a far better job of explaining because you had to you were forced to just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. uh, to long dialogue things and overhear the villain and stuff like that. You know, the there the game was like eleven people that you had to assassinate. And that was the whole game. Yeah. Uh, and then there were like three different side missions, like over, uh, you know, following people and sitting and listening. And, you know, like all this other kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing that I really liked is that the first game it, it had the three towns, uh, yeah. and you would travel in between the two of them, and you you were just kind of forced to learn about history. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think much of the murdering was very fun, <laughs> but I thought by the end of that game, I understood that geographical place. Yeah. What I enjoy, I'm, I'm with you. Like I thought like the, well, the, I liked planning the murders. That was more interesting to me than actually doing it. Um, which I guess is part of the murdering. 
but actually the traversal is really where I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was so it, new. It was so new. It was, it reminded me of, um, of, uh, Prince of Persia's Hands of Time, uh, which is like some of the best smooth parkour in a game that I can remember, honestly. Um, there, it, it obviously there's like, there's like parkour that like has been much betterly, you know, polished and stuff like that. But, um, it reminded me of that. And, um, I was, I was, I was cool with that because I was pretty fresh off of Prince of Persia at the time. Um, uh, cause I just played it like prior to getting, prior to playing Assassin's Creed. And I was kind of like, Oh, it's like a new, uh, uh, Prince of Persia. And I was pretty happy with that. Well, um, we were all pretty fresh off of, uh, Prince of Persia because, uh, Sands of yeah. Time was, Oh, three warrior within was four. Uh, right. uh, two yeah. thrones was five. And then this five. was seven. This was oh seven. Yeah. So it was about, yeah, not, not too long after I, I never played the third Prince of Persia. Um, don't I, yeah, I played the second one and, That's, uh, and you love Godsmack. It was a good Godsmack game. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. We've been over that. It's always. I can't stop thinking about that. I know. Oh, it's so funny because it's so different. Because like the prince in the first one is just like this like Errol Flynn type of like, you know, a swashbuckler. And then they just like, you know, jerk, shadow the hedgehog. (laughs) I'm a funny guy with genie pants. And now I listen to Godsmack. And I had a game breaking glitch in that game, too, where I entered an area that I couldn't escape from um, and it broke the game for me. And I never picked it back up after that. So. That's what happened to uh, Prince of Persia too. Serves you uh, right for trying to enjoy the warrior with them, right? Uh, but the idea of Assassin's Creed being an open world Prince of Persia was a lot of fun to me. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, and I never really picked up any of the other Assassin's Creed games. I sort of, I sort of just put it down and never really got back into it. Um, so, and I know there's good games from here on in, but they're still making of those. You know, they're still making them, it's still going on. <laughs> I've I've uh, actually heard Assassin's Creed uh, referred to as historical murder tourism, <laughs> and I think that might be the best description of that video game you could possibly come up with. Pretty accurate, yeah, yeah, pretty accurate. Uh, but yeah, like I think that that first game leaned more into well, especially you know you even talk about the uh, the parkour aspect of it. I feel like every game since the first one, they have been trying to make the uh, parkour stuff so fast that it's barely interesting. Yeah. It's like uh, infamous. When the first infamous came out, I was blown away by it uh, when it came out on the PS3, because you're like, wow, this, uh, this parkour stuff is so effortless. Right. And then you found out soon enough that they made it so effortless because they didn't think that that was a good usage of your time. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, by the end of uh, infamous for the PS3, you're flying. Yeah. Um, And, like the the problem that I have with uh, with Assassin's Creed is that like one of the most interesting parts about that game for me is the climbing. Now I do think that they have reached a really good uh, medium. Now I think the modern games, Odyssey, Origins, this this uh, Dark Soulsian reboot uh, that they're in the midst of right now with Valhalla coming out in a couple of weeks as of this recording. Um, right. I think that they they have reached a good medium of where the 
uh, the parkour, it, like I still have to look at it now. Like there was a part around uh, like unity and stuff like that, where you would just walk up to a wall and hit a or B and that was up yeah. or down. Yeah. That's what, that was it. Yeah, and then just hold the stick forward and they would just go. Yeah. Uh, whereas like in the first Assassin's Creed, if you go all the way back, you're actually pointing the stick and hitting a button to try to reach a handhold. It was, there was an art to it. Uh, yeah. You know, it was truly a mechanic in the game, not just something that, well, he's got to get up to this wall. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it was it was integral to it, to traversing and planning out your murders. So it was it was interesting. So, yeah, um, I thought the first crackdown is like this weird flashpoint. Yeah, Crackdown's an interesting one. I, I I forgot all about Crackdown being open world until you mentioned it on your on your list here. So well, and Crackdown also known as the game that got you the Halo Three beta for the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were so stoked for Halo Three that they paid sixty bucks for Crackdown <laughs> to get that, and then were surprised with the game that was actually kind of awesome. Um, yeah. The thing that I really like about Crackdown, the first one, mm-hmm. um, is that I view that game none of the sequels. I, no, none of the sequels have gotten it. Um, right. The first game is as close to me as feeling like an arcade game. Mm, okay. So, so much of the open world genre is so cordoned off by uh, just think about progression in a GTA game where you can't go to this Island yet because it's not open yet. And if you do, there's going to be six stars that pop up and the national guard's going to come out and they're going to kill you. Yeah. And you know, like all the stuff that's like, you know, and if you get stars against you, you've got to do these series of things to make them go away and everything. And crackdown was just like, fuck it, man. Just like go get a rocket launcher and blow shit up. Yeah, <laughs> go over here. There were like eight them. dudes you had to murder, and yeah. you could do them in any order that you wanted. You could actually go kill the final boss immediately. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. It was the most open of open sandboxes that I have ever seen. I love the look of it too. It was cell shaded in a time when I, I think a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouths with cell shaded stuff because there was a lot of stuff that came out in the PS2 Xbox area that was cell shaded that I thought looked like garbage. Uh, but yeah i i really really liked um the original crackdown just for its pure openness and the fact that it it felt so close to something that i would have plucked 75 cents into a you know a slot end to play in the arcade yeah yeah absolutely um so it feels weird saying this next one on this list uh because it ended up going on to sell like 7 million copies yeah. Uh, but I also think it's a game that's incredibly overlooked. Yes. I don't think anyone has ever did first person open world mm-hmm. like moment to moment feel like dying light. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, I think that game, while I don't love that game, I think that there is. Man, there's something to that game. Yeah, you know, uh, parkouring around zombies in first person is is way different. Um, it adds, um, you know, you have that you have those night. Is, is it when it goes night they go crazy? Is that yes. that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they go into like rage zombie mode. So um, it it adds that tension. Um, you know, when you're running from them or trying to parkour over them, and you got the the hands like kind of 
running up on you and as you as you're running I, I i like that a lot i thought that was a lot of fun well and they also do a lot of stuff about like you uh you know there being zombie traps that you can fix and things like that and you and your buddies out there in co-op and they're watching out for you and it's it, because it's first person you can't quite look around so you're sitting there you're you're jamming these things into these boxes to try to fix all these booby traps and mm-hmm. um you know like everybody cry, trying to stay in a little square uh yeah you know, as you're moving towards a uh, 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 one of the safe zones at night, uh, I just thought it was so well done. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that like, if you're someone who hates weapon degradation, I understand. Uh, and yeah. I typically like I didn't mind it in something like Zelda, um, right. but here I found it was like a little intrusive. I felt like your stuff was just always broken, and you never right. could carry enough. That's the thing with uh, Zelda that didn't bother me. I said, yeah. who cares? I got a hundred things. Yeah, you can you can carry so many things with it, but there was a very limited space uh, in Dying Light. Yeah, yeah they, they tried to make sure that it, it was literally just a backpack. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, I, that, that sort of played into the whole idea of like kind of helplessness towards like you're not supposed to be out during the night. That's the point, you know. Um, but there is but, benefits to doing but, it. So, you know, it's risk reward, baby. Exactly. So high risk, uh, high reward type stuff. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. Um, but um, when it came out at such a perfect time to uh, it, it was right during that first wave of Walking Dead, the TV show being so popular. Yes. Uh, but it didn't just put out a limp excuse of oh, something with zombies in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? what, what was that one a few years ago that definitely just did that? Oh, man. Uh, that actual fun. overkill the walking dead game that was garbage i mean yeah that's pretty funny but oh man it was at an e3 and it was just like i didn't care about this at all like I, it was funny i can't remember what it was now. well and these are the guys who made dead island which i think is a crap game yeah right and for yeah. this for them to make dead island and then break off on their own and then go make this thing and it's so much better you're like wow yeah uh it, is Dead Island, that's the one that consistently has a good trailer every time and also, but yes. also sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, their trailer's always good, and then the game sucks. That's right. <laughs> the uh, And it, it, that's just the weird thing, is that, like, you know, Dead Island was them, and that first Dead Island was bad, and then after the first Dead Island... Uh, well, the first Dead Island was bad, but it had good ideas. Right. I'll say yeah. that. The first one had good ideas. Um, the second one is uh, garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the next one on the list is something that you put in here, Saints Row. Saints Row, yeah. Um, you know, that was one of the that was one of the kind of the when all the clones were coming out of GTA 3, you know. Um I, I GTA 3 came out and it was like this revolutionary thing. Everybody played it. It was it was amazing. Um uh there were a lot of clones of that like kind of being farted out in a few ways. And the first Saints Row was kind of just one of those with some funny stuff here and there. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, I know. But yeah, I was like, and then it was the se- the second one was where it kind of went wacky, right? Started getting a little bit like more funky and funny about it. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely the second one's definitely way more bonkers. The yeah, second yeah, one yeah. also uh, the first open world game that you could ever play co-op. Yes. Yeah. You had the and co-op. So it makes a lot of the weirder stuff that you can do. Like, uh, you know, I had a giant naked man with gold chains and yeah. uh, and a fedora. 
And yeah. that was my character. And to be able to play that with my buddy, uh, yeah. who was the butchest woman I've ever seen uh, with a <laughs> mohawk, was great. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, 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 was, it had, you had your first co-op. It introduced, like, comedic style to it. It sort of started to parody, like, the whole idea of it. Like, just the, the, the wackiness of of the open world games. And it's just like, all right, go here and kill these guys. Go here. They even made like jokes and puns. Even in the first one, it was sort of like, so I have to go over there to kill the guy. Like, well, why don't I just do it here? Look, just go over there. Okay. Like, that's just how it is. You know, (laughs) like, it's like, um, well, and uh, you just reminded me of something and I hate to interrupt, but I I meant to say this when we did the saints row episode last time. So Mm -hmm. care, uh, the main character in saints row, uh, the first one, was a silent protagonist. Yes. And he had three lines in the entire game. What were his three lines? I don't remember that. I don't remember all three of them, but I remember one. And there's this woman that you had gotten in a fist fight with. Uh uh, And then it ends without you killing her, but like it, it, your fight ends up getting broken up. And this woman is saying, like, you owe me $30,000, you know, this Gucci handbag. I just went and bought that. And your character just screams at her, bitch, you know that's last year's colors. (laughs) How bizarre that they just program, like, three lines in. And that's one of them. And it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I laughed so fucking hard. It's like Mario just saying something, or Link just saying <laughs> to Zelda. It's like it's like Gordon Freeman, yeah, you know, saying something to Alex about like, man, you, that ass is getting tight. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, huh? uh, crowbars, right? I don't know crowbar, right? I don't know. <laughs> How about those head crabs? <laughs> oh, the G Man, right? <laughs> yeah, what a go- wacky dude! That goofball. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love the idea that like Gordon Freeman eventually would start talking and he's just so G gosh darn about everything. Just like, oh, right. Oh, that G man. <laughs> Real character. He's just showing up everywhere. What a, what a wacky dude. <laughs> Look at him on, ominously staring at me all the way to that water tower. <laughs> Sorry about your dad dying. That sucks. That sucks. That's bad, man. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, Saints Row, uh, you know, that's, I consider that a really interesting choice for you to put on this list, much in the same way as something like Assassin's Creed, because mm-hmm. when you talk about the design um, yeah. of the original, well, when you talk about the design of Saints Row, you're, you're kind of talking about three different generations of it. Like, you know, like Saints Row 4, you're a superhero. Right. Saints Row 3 is like the ultimate power fantasy. Yes. Uh, and then Saints Row 1 is basically just like Saints Row. Uh, uh, it's basically just like uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And yeah. Saints Row 2 is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, Saints Row 2 is the game that involves like you having a giant truck that shoots shit on buildings to lower property values. And yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff in that game. And that's the thing that I always really liked about Saints Row is that they took way more care in building their side activities. But the downside for some people is that Grand Theft Auto never makes you do more than like one of their side activities. Yeah. In GTA five, you go and you use the tow truck twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can do it for more than that to make money if you wanted to, but you're not going to fucking do that. 
Well, no. in Saints Row, you have to build up enough respect to unlock the next story mission. So you have to do those. So right. the the design ethos of Saints Row that I actually always really appreciated was that they would propagate their map with side activities, but they were typically fairly high quality because they knew you would have to actually do them. Right. Um, and I always really respected that about that franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, they, they had lasting characters that sort of just like kept, you know, going through each game, you know, uh, uh, Kenzie, I think is in all three, right? Uh, you got... uh Kenzie is in three and four, three and four. Um, okay. yeah. So there's Johnny Gat who's in the first yeah. three. Yeah. Um, Keith David's character, believe it or not, is only in the first one as a character, but he keeps coming back as a voiceover. Yep. Uh, <laughs> wait, no. And he shows up in four because you can go back in time. Yes. Uh, I yeah, yeah that, that franchise is just weird. Uh, Michael Rappaport's in there, so you mm-hmm. know it's good. Yeah, Keith David shows up all the time. It's a uh, it's a good time. So. Well, and then, uh, uh, God, yeah, it's just it, it's weird. It's been too long since I played Saints Row, but uh, right. you should go play Saints Row if you haven't played yeah. Saints Row. You should go play Saints Row. Absolutely agreed. Uh, we got one more on the list. If uh, yeah, you talk about- yeah. This is one that, like, uh, much in the way of, like, uh, Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. um, I put this, like, this is a pretty great game anyway. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they've ever fully stuck the landing. Just Cause. Yeah. um, I think has some of the coolest mechanics in the world. Uh, The grappling hook is fantastic. The parachute's fantastic. The the chaos system where you have to blow a bunch of shit up. Uh, to liberate the people, I think is really cool. You know, tearing down like, you know, communist statues and shit is fucking Mm. fun. Like, I gotta be honest, you know, like every time some asshole decides to, you know, create a ruckus in the Middle East and they start, uh, then all the people start pulling out statues and you're like, oh, that seems kind of cool. It's really, really cool. When you actually do it for real, it's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Because right. you know as you're pulling it down, so much of one man's ego went into building that one statue and I just broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I only ever played Just Cause 3, I think. Uh yes, I believe 3, three. was very troubled on consoles. It Yeah. I think they went into the you know, this generation that is now ending the Xbox One PS4 generation. Uh, mm-hmm. thinking that those consoles would be far more powerful than they were on the CPU side. Right. And they were not. Right. Um, and that ended up being a problem. That game uh, notoriously ran very, very poorly, um, especially yeah. on the base Xbox One. Uh, on the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, it runs fine now. Um, yeah. And they're backwards compatible in the new system, so they'll run even better. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um uh, we talked about this a little bit off the air. Uh, that game, I feel like it was a better sandbox than it was a game in a, in a few ways. You know Absolutely. I, mean? I, I don't yeah. really care for many of the main story missions at all. Uh, so yeah. what I typically do, uh, like whenever I, I get a bug about once a year, that like, oh, I want to play a uh, Just Cause game. It's typically three um, mm-hmm. that I get the bug for. A fire, because it's so gorgeous. Um, yeah. Even today, six years later. Yeah. Uh, very the uh i'll fire it up and uh i'll just go do all the chaos stuff so you know yeah. blowing up all the uh, uh the big tankers and everything you know zip tying everything together and having it pulled to the ground and uh having taken a giant propane tank 
and tying it to a helicopter and then retracting yep. it and having it pull up into the <laughs> helicopter and blow up yep. and then just fire rains down from the sky. Fucking game's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, making a flying car with those uh, little like jet engine mines or whatever you put down. Yep. Uh, yeah, just stuff like that. It's a lot of making a cow just fly across the the map with one of them. Uh, zip tying a cow to a car. Just the the nonsense you can do in that game is just is so much fun. They really knew how to like really give just give you a bunch of tools and let you play with it. Um, and just and just see what happens, you know. There's a lot of crazy stuff that goes along. Uh, the, the missions themselves, like you said, it's like it's really only fun when you just like, all right, go blow up literally everything. All right, cool. Yeah. That, I, I, that, one day that team will figure out how to put those controls and those devices into mm -hmm. a much more succinct experience. Yeah. Um, sadly, today is not that day. Yeah, today is not that day. One day, one day, maybe just cause five or six, they'll they'll have that all polished. If they are they allowed to make those video games, maybe <laughs> if they're allowed. Um, is there some legal trouble? They're not allowed to. to make I don't think games? Just Cause Four did very good at all. Oh, okay, there we go. Well, then never mind. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Sometimes those those things get resurrected and saved, and. Um, you know, sometimes uh, a game will come out of nowhere. Remember, didn't Crackdown Four like get announced or something, and then that never happened? What, what yeah, Crackdown that? Three was that game that was in development Three. hell forever, and oh, it finally correct. did come out, and it was awful. So, oh yeah, that's a shame. Don't yeah. always wish for things. Yeah, yeah. What are some before we cap it off, Hoss? What are some if if there was a franchise you'd like to see come back of, of, of a Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, I feel like that would be that would be your one. You know? If I'm not allowed to say that one, no, 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 absolutely, you can definitely say that one. Because uh, I would like to see that too. Sleepier Dogs or something. Sleepy Dogs too. Yes. Uh, sl the sleepiest sleep Dogs. The sleepiest Dogs. <laughs> Sleeping Dogs. The Sleepiest Dog. <laughs> He's so tired all the time. Oh, oh so god, tired. so sleepy. Oh, I just need to. Oh, just need to grab this. Grab this shirt and throw this guy. Oh. Well, yeah, I, no. I will say there's things about like open world design that like I have I have tired of like mm -hmm. I putting way too many RPG mechanics into those things. Yeah. Uh, had diminishing returns like, you know, like I enjoyed the division. I feel like if the division was a little bit more stripped down, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, uh, I, I think those are added in to sort of uh, to, to kind of like incentive i don't know not really incentivized but like to give the illusion that there's more things to do than well i than think also there. just to lean into the the tom clance yes yeah yeah um you know you got the red deads we, we, we haven't talked about the big ones obviously because everybody knows red dead you know um I, nope. uh, I, i've got notes for red dead as somebody who yeah who beat red dead too uh yeah uh, you know, Rockstar, I think, would benefit from more clearly delineating and separating uh, missions that don't matter. Like, right, I think right. having Red Dead do uh, be an experience that no matter, even if you don't want to do like hardly anything else on the side is like 100 mm -hmm. hours long is too long. Right. Yeah. And I, I think if, the, if there's a lot of missions in that game that are just like, oh, here's kind of another one of these. Yeah. Uh, that could have just been just make it optional, you know, and colorize it on the map so that you know it's optional and it's yeah. there if you want to have it. Yeah, uh, you know that 
there's a lot of fun Easter eggs in that game and in GTAs as well. Um, but uh, I, I feel like, like, really, honestly, like the setting kind of thing, because like Assassin's Creed kind of runs on that a lot. Is is just like we're doing the same game, we're just adding a bunch of stuff, and we're changing the setting. In this one, you're a pirate. In this one, you're a Greek soldier. In the new one, you're going to be a Viking. You know, so um, it that that's sort of like that sort of idea of like, now I get to explore this world. That's completely different from, you know, uh, another world that I've, that I was able to explore sandbox wise. So that kind of has merit, uh, to something like that. Um, I wouldn't mind like a, I don't know, like an LA noir style type game that would do that. Um, is there one that's like 1920s Hollywood, uh, (laughs) open world game or anything like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's LA noir. Yeah, there's LA Noir. Yeah, it's true. Um, but was that open world? I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't think I, okay. Didn't yeah, play but it. It, it's open world in this uh, kind of in the way that the mafia games are, where like you, you can mm-hmm. kind of go around there, but there's not really anything to do. Yeah. But if you yeah. want to go look at it, it was yeah. all there for you to see. And that was actually like half of the appeal of LA Noir to me was that like, you know, uh, early talkies, uh, cinema LA where films were just being shot like in the middle of the street. Right. Yeah. was kind of fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, it was very mafia run in a few ways. So, yeah. yeah. And not yeah. a lot of, not a lot of permits, not a lot of permits given, you know, what's to protect. It was perfect. The, uh, uh you know, I, I, I really liked LA noir. Um, yeah. And actually, if you want to talk about a, a mechanic that I wouldn't mind seeing again, is man that interrogation mecha- mechanic from that game mm-hmm. should be used by other people? Yeah, yeah. It was very good, and those faces <laughs> still look very good. Interesting. They're not I, textured very well. I've heard they a look few. Very good. I've heard a few like um, uh, I don't know, uh, like later complaints that like a lot of the um. A lot of the like the idea of it's really cool, but then a lot of it just sort of like comes down to overacting and like the people who are lying are very obvious about that they're lying. I've they never played the game. First. Uh, okay. So th- that's the thing is that at first, uh, you know, they'll have very obvious tells. Right. Um, yeah. But they're bad liars. Right. And yeah. then later on, it becomes more about you actually doing the police work. Right. And so the whole thing is you've got a notebook that you can flip through and. Right if you try to press them with, uh, with evidence that has nothing to do with them, you know, they're going to give you a weird look like, no, what are you talking about? And if you haven't fully grasped the way that, you know, human tells and interrogations work, you might try to press them even further and you can fuck up a case. Interesting. Uh, it's cool. Like I really, really like Ellie Noir. Um, Yeah. I, I I don't think that that would be a bad thing for us to play through, uh, at some point, maybe not the whole game, but I'd like right. to show you that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just yeah. so you could see kind of some of the benefits of it. That is a mechanic I would love to see return, though. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. That'd be cool. But yeah, man. I think uh, I think we covered a lot of the the. I think so the, too. Yeah the 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 mechanics we'd like to see and stuff like that. Oh, there is one thing I wouldn't mind again, like because anything with more shadows shadows of Colossus, uh, just a game like Shadows, but you can just go anywhere. That would be kind of fun. Uh, instead of like one specific one that you're going to, like if you just roamed an entire land, 
and then you had to kill a giant monster. I'd be down with that. That was kind of the optional bosses in uh, in Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was. It kind of was the optional bosses in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and that was pretty right. cool too. So if you're yeah. saying you want to make another Breath of the Wild, cool. Yeah, just Breath of the Wild, but just those, just all those. <laughs> it's like, there's like there's like there's like 48 giants in the world. And you have to go kill all the giants. And one of them is just a giant bacoblin, and he's still completely yeah. incompetent. <laughs> he's still completely incompetent and foolish. Uh, but yeah, I'd be down with that. It'd be cool. That's that's my game. Let's let's make it. I'll find a programmer. Deal. Anyway, <laughs> like, but that's gonna do it, Haas. I think we covered everything. Heck yeah, um, man. We are gonna call that an episode. This has been the Video Destruct podcast. You can check us out at videostruct.com. Check out destinationcomics.com slash DNN and on Facebook at Video Destruct and on Twitter at Video Destruct. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy, H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. I was talking a whole bunch about Halloween. Now I guess I'll be talking about Christmas. Thanksgiving. No, no Thanksgiving. I'll be. I'm going to be talking all, uh, about all kinds of good deals coming up for Black Friday and shit. So maybe a good time to follow me. Uh, just to know about some good video game deals and maybe how to uh, properly season a turkey. Yeah, because Thanksgiving gets no love. That's what I say. And we're cooking Thanksgiving at our house. Nice. There and we're like hosting like ten people. Nice. Together. That's great. Uh, I'm, I I haven't made I haven't upgraded to the point where I'm hosting people yet. I would love to do that, uh, but right now my mom hosts. So my my wife is incredibly excited uh, that Excellent. we're gonna be you know having people into our home and we're decorating for Christmas like crazy and you know Excellent. it's gonna it, she's always wanted to have a home for uh, for people to come for Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited for her and I'm sure it's gonna cost me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> well, you were well. Her Animal Crossing got erased, so oh well. <laughs> this is all payback, man. It's because I well, oh, I bought yeah. that stupid Animal Crossing Switch, so yeah, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> no, screwed. this is gonna be fun, man. I'm so excited. Fantastic. Well, that's gonna do it, Hoss. We're out of time. We gotta go. Mm-hmm.